What's up guys, welcome to today's money. Thank you for listening, I appreciate you being here. If you'd like to watch the video version of this podcast, there's a link for that in the description. And if you wanna jump right into the podcast, skip the next 30 seconds of ad space. What's up everybody, welcome back. We've got a really good conversation for you today. So Matt and I have been building a digital relationship that is soon to be a physical relationship. Wow, that sounds weird. But I'm moving <laughs> to Florida in 30 days, and we're going to be able to actually hopefully shake hands because, you know, Florida COVID-19 is not really a thing. So we'll be able to shake hands. People won't be weird about it there. Yeah, and I'm really yeah. looking forward to that. But today, Matt and I are going to set the stage for um, hopefully some future conversations because I really do enjoy Matt's perspective. I think that My he point. brings – yeah, thank you. And I think he brings a lot to the table that – a lot of people, like I said to you before, Matt, they're just not willing to talk about. So Matt has a background in trading, but also has deep investment knowledge. And I think it comes from more of the fundamental side than the technical side. And a lot of the people that I've been talking to are really technically focused in their trading. So I think from a couple of different areas, Matt, you bring a good perspective. But for everybody that doesn't know you, do you want to say hello and introduce yourself for us before we get into it? Yeah, of course. What's up, everybody? My name is Matt. Um, I'm the co-founder of One Percenters, if you guys haven't heard of it. You've probably heard of it now since I just said it. Um, I live here in Florida. I'm 26. I've been trading for six years. Um, I haven't worked a job in three. I know everybody always asks, oh, well, are you full-time? That's like their major focus. Oh, did you, do you not work? Like, is this what you really do? Yes, this is what I really do. But I am an entrepreneur and I always believe in multiple streams of revenue. So it's not only trading. You know, I do invest, like you said. I do have an educational platform. I do many things, you know. So yeah. yeah, I'm all ears for whatever it is that we have in store today. Welcome cool. book. And Go ahead. And no, and I, I think that even right there, we could start with the one percenters. That's a newer venture for you longer than trading. Like you said, you've been trading for just as long as I have. So what was the, like the inception behind the one percenters? Okay. Yeah. So good question. What happened was I believe everybody, when they start their trading journey, they, they're trying to find insights. They're trying to find somebody that could tell them do this and that. Mm -hmm. And I was one of those kids, you know, I was always jumping from group chat to group chat, mentor to this person to that. And it got to a point where I realized I'm asking questions that can't be answered. And it's, it's, it comes down to people not understanding finance and, and economics and just understanding, you know, everything that's going on that plays into markets and fluctuations and valuations and i ended up being like the one percent of every single group chat that i was in and i was like i've been kicked out numerous times i've been you know oh you don't say that i've been messaged personally stop talking to my people like that they're they're you know they're looking at you they're questioning You're you stepping on toes exactly yeah so i kind of just realized all right well these people don't really know what they're doing uh i'm gonna go start my own thing because Nobody understands what's going on. They're just, you know, this guy told me support and this guy told me resistance and that's it. And it's kind of like, yeah. come on. I can relate to that so much. When I got started in trading, there was no solid education. So it pushed me almost to the point, kind of like you, where it's like, I got to just find a system, build a system for myself. I was like, I'm going to yeah. take what I've learned and figure this out and build something for me. Just like that's what you're yep. doing now. So you guys have the education platform. You guys have the podcast. Who are you looking to talk to and what types of conversations do you guys have on the podcast? And for everybody watching, I'm going to put the link in the description too so you can check that out. Thank you. But yeah. Talk, yeah. Well, the podcast, you know, we try to keep it finance related, but people don't understand how much political um, like 
point of views come into markets. They don't understand how much economics goes into valuations of any asset class you're looking at. They don't understand a lot of that. So I do try to say, you know, I'm gauging it towards Forex or gauging it towards a certain market, but it goes so far out. It even goes out into controversial talks and it goes into many different things. And to me, I, I think that being financially literate is extremely important. Not a lot of yeah. people have the terminologies and the understanding to even hold a conversation about economics or politics. And those things play a big role in our markets, no matter what people say or think, you know, support and resistance, for instance, it's just supply and demand. You, you know, you, you're just seeing something is either has too much supply and most times the supply needs to come down, which would be resistance support. There's too much demand, you know, like when an iPhone drops, that would be like a, a support level because there's so much demand for the new iPhone. And those right. things are like the fundamental biases why do technicals work. Right. So when you now, because I remember when we spoke first, you were originally like a technical only guy, like most people. But then you realize, like you said, that a lot of people don't know what they're talking about. And you've really pushed yourself to do more research into fundamentals. And I, like you said, I think your perspective on the political side of things has helped you definitely make money in your trading. So when you see everything going on now and you guys go on the podcast and you you know you try to bring out this information to the masses, how do you decipher what's a reliable source of information and what's not? And I think you could apply that to trading and like going for trading information, trading education, but also with your news, your your everyday yeah. news. Yeah. All right, so if you guys want to know, the number one thing you don't want to do is turn on your TV. So right. Not to get too controversial, but it's just my nature. Um, all the media outlets on the television that you have, which television, let's break it down, tell a vision. They're just trying to tell and portray a vision upon your brain, almost a type of brainwashing. But anyways, don't turn on the TV. It's owned by the a single entity that has always an agenda to be pressed. Um, you know, journaling has turned into political swaying type of influential ways you know it's not even real journaling anymore so where i go i pay attention to people that are literally not allowed on tv i don't know if you've ever heard of peter shift he's my number one go to peter shift you know i listen to the corbett report he's amazing i listen i pay for epic times epic times is a great platform i love them um so let me ask you a question just to be very no because like this is where i go too and i'm and it's not that i don't look at what's on tv because i do want to know what they're saying i like to be in the know of everything yeah. but yeah. what i what i have a hard time with then is just as it like the number one thing is that no one's right 100 percent of the time right no one is going to get every story right 100 percent of the time so when we go to these alternative sources and you think that you find something valuable how do you then validate it to the masses or do you just not and it's literally that divided and there's no more conversation it's it's hard. That's a hard one because 90% of people are so close-minded. The moment you give them a new bias or new idea, they have to defend it because that's yeah. their ego. They don't want to break their beliefs. So whenever someone's beliefs are affected or you know I want to say in danger, they're going to be defensive. So I of kind of just say my opinion on my channel or wherever I I speak. But the way I validate it is I see what like you said I see what the the mass media is saying. Um, I compare what I have found to many other people that I follow, and I make my own biased judgment. You know, I do my own research wherever it may be. I don't use Google. I use DuckDuckGo. I use the Brave browser. I use alternatives because Google, like I said, all these behemoths of companies that are so huge, 
are all tied back to this one single entity. I don't even like saying the name because people are gonna be like, oh, conspiracy theorists, or oh, of course, uh, no, but I know what you're saying. So when, yeah. if, if you go that alternative route, when you were looking for trading education, do you think that was the first time in your life that you really had to go an alternative route because everybody, or have you had to realize that through other points in your life before that? Um, I think it was a compounding effect of, okay, I understand technicals, but like, why do they work? Well, right. what, what is this? Why, why is this working? Why is this happening? And I, and I just got really curious and that's what dove me into the, the backside of markets. I like to call it the backside because it's what's going on behind the charts. You know, what's going on behind the charts is what's going to drive the currency exchanges, going to drive stock price valuations, it's going to drive anything, you know? And I just got really curious with that. And after looking behind the charts, I found, wow, every time I see a setup, a technical setup, it aligns with a fundamental bias that I had previously just read about. And it's like, wow, these two are like peanut butter and jelly. If you just trade technicals, it's like it's like driving a car with no gas. You need the fundamentals. The fundamentals are the gas, you know? It's absolutely you can't have one without the other. No, absolutely. And even on like for me on a short-term basis, like over the past couple of days, there's been a decent amount of volatility behind GBP. So a lot of the GBP pairs have been presenting some entry signals that are really moving strong. And I think it's because you have a lot of talk right now with this fundamental news, potentially of a no deal Brexit coming. So you can see even there, like for someone like me on the shorter term side, layering the fundamentals into my everyday trading, it's something I feel like no one should ignore. But at the same time, you probably have seen a lot of new traders come in and they try to trade NFP. They try to predict a news event. So tell everybody the difference between what you're talking about and trying to predict a news event like that, trying to place a trade and forecast what a release is going to say. Okay. Yeah. So what's really helped me is there is so many currencies. Each currency is tied to a country. Look at the country as a business. Look at it as a corporation, right? And the currency is like, your stock that you're handing out so my problem was when i first dove into fundamentals and understanding economics is i tried to understand all the countries you can't do that you can't be up to date with everything you're gonna have no life so i just right. stick to the us you know and i stick to the dollar index and it allows me to gauge it pegged to other currencies like for instance i've been for the last i'd say month now i've been just shorting the hell out of uh usd cad I have my reasons behind and the fundamentals allow me to stay calm, but you know, I don't mean to get off track, but jumping back to what you were saying, being yeah. a short-term trader, I feel like fundamentals yeah. are not as crucial. I'm a swing trader. I, right. I, I see value and I, I hold yeah. things for, you know, no less than a week. Right. You know, so if I was short-term fundamentals, wouldn't make too much sense to me. But it is important because you can get psyched out. Like you said, NFP, which I talk about a lot. NFP, you know, non-farm payroll, there's always a knee-jerk reaction. You can't you can't predict the news, but when you're up to date with an economy, you could kind of see where it's headed. You could see their previous numbers. Okay, what have they done from their last um, NFP to this one? Has there been improvement? And then that'll let allow you to gauge whether they're going to hit expectations or become below or over expectations. It gives you a really good bias in how to position yourself or hold a position if you're going to hold it over news, you know? That makes no, that makes a lot of sense. And I feel like even to the side of the swing trader who 
tries to come in and understand these macro events, what I find is that no matter what, whether it's short term or long term, I think you still need cycles of like going through months, quarters, years of the market to really tap into that. Like, I feel like even when I started, if someone had explained to me what every news event was, like you just said, there's too many things. It's like overwhelming. It is. Now, as I've gained a little bit more experience and I still feel like I'm just getting into my trading career, I feel like now I know what news events are every Thursday. You know what I mean? I know what time oil news comes out. You start to see the patterns. And then if you're actually reading some you know, news articles, doing some research, not just from CNN, and you're trying to get a feel for everything, you can then say, well, look, I know how the U.S. unemployment numbers have been coming out the last couple of weeks. I, or for example, when coronavirus first hit, you could have known that we were going to see the dollar index come down when that first came out, when those unemployment numbers came out. And that's exactly what happened. So that day, I remember it specifically, I was trading Euro USD long as dollar index fell. So it's interesting to see how when it all does come together through experience, the fundamental aspect of trading is on both sides of it, short-term and long-term, but in different ways, like you said. So let's, I want to pivot to, to more of like the current events and how that's impacting your trading. So I know you said you've been short and you can what with everything going on right now, I mean, the first question, I guess I want to get your opinion on is the stock market, even though both of us don't really talk about stocks too often. It's interesting to see the protests, the coronavirus, the lockdown and the stock market right now. Right. Like it's like it's like the opposite. It's like the, the redheaded stepchild or whatever they would call yep. it. Right. It's weird. The number one thing I would say about the stock market is I think we've talked about this in one of my podcasts when you were on is mm-hmm. back then the stock market used to resemble our now. It does not resemble our economy. It, no. it resembles the buying power of the Federal Reserve. Right. And as you could see how resilient and, and how much force they really do have is just mind blowing to me because everything that I've learned through economics and understanding, you know, just economies is completely debunked now because you have the federal reserve with an unlimited amount of buying power. Well, unlimited because you know, the more they do, the more it gets, but it's crazy how much they can influence a financial instrument like indices, for instance. Like the S&P is climbing back up to all-time highs. We had a V-bottom right. recovery. It's like, right. what? this with is totally- 30 million people unemployed with 30% of small businesses that closed, they're not coming back. I, I have a hard time with it. And this is where I, people will say I'm stupid. They'll say that I'm wrong, but this is just what my gut tells me. It's like, this is why I don't trust the stock market. This is why I don't yeah. put money in long-term investment funds that are tied to the stock market. It doesn't make any sense to me because of things like this. And we'll see what happens over the next couple of months. We'll see if it does come back down. We'll see if there's a second wave. We'll see what happens. And I, but I do think it's it's not even a question anymore. This is definitely a V bottom recovery. Like you said, look at Apple, look at Amazon, look at the, the, the top stocks. Now the airlines, they haven't come back, but that's logical. We're not traveling, we're yeah. not moving yet. So when you think about future investments, since we both kind of agree about the stock market not being the best one, do you instantly go to Bitcoin right now? Oof. Okay. Uh, my bias about Bitcoin has dramatically changed, and that'll. I think that's very empowering for an investor to say, "I changed my belief about this asset." Mm-hmm. Um, it takes a lot of people get it takes maturity. It does. Yeah. A lot of people marry their investments, and I think that's 100%. a very novice thing to do. But just backtracking, just really quick on back to the stock market. You know how many people message me like, "Oh, is it safe to buy stocks?" First thing I say is, Dude. when you go to a car dealership. Do you want to pay 
over the asking price or do you want to pay below? And if they say below, then I'm going to say, then don't buy stocks. Because if you buy stocks, you're paying above asking price. Right. Um, But, you know, that's my take on that. Back to Bitcoin. Yeah. Unfortunately, it's not panning out to be the asset that I wanted. It was supposed to be a hedge against the economy. It was supposed to be a hedge against the stock market. And if you pull up the two charts together, they move completely in tandem. Like they're almost 100% correlated. And that's not what I was looking for. So now I'm becoming more of a gold bug, a precious metal kind of guy. I still hold, you know, a good amount of crypto assets because I've mm-hmm. been in them for many years now, since sure. 2015, 2016. So my my positions are not threatened at the moment. You know, I'm I'm well up on them. I don't have to worry. Um, but anyone You're that wants to buy now, exactly. Anyone that wants to buy in now, I would definitely be a little bit skeptical. But it's I better agree. than buying indices for sure. Why? Why gold over silver or platinum or? Good question. So actually, if at this moment, I'm not gold over silver. What I do is I pull up the gold to silver ratio chart and I see where gold is compared to silver and vice versa. So at the moment, we're sitting at about 95 last time I checked, which is high. You know, yeah. silver is still undervalued. The moment it comes yeah. down into the 50 range, you know, starts pulling back. That's when I become a gold buyer. At the moment, I'm big on silver. Silver just had its run to eighteen dollars, and mm-hmm. I, you know, I loved it. And it's mm-hmm. just something that's going to keep panning out. But I, I all you know my the people price target for silver. Um, the time frame. Five years. Five years. Ooh, I would 100? definitely love. To, yeah, I would love to say the three-digit area. Yeah, you like? I mean, with technology going in the direction that it is and silver being in more demand to build the batteries and build, we talked about that, build a lot of the high tech equipment, you actually need silver. Um, that plus the fact that even people like you and me now are talking about it, I feel like it's only going to drive the price of it up. But then the question well, is, and I feel like this is what a lot of people maybe would want to know too. When you talk about buying these things, how do you buy them and then hold them and make sure you're actually making money on it? Do you buy coins? Do you buy bars? And then what's your plan to sell them? Okay, so um, there's a lot of ways to approach this. Some people like to buy the contract of it, which I'm totally against because they could always print more contracts than there is physical, right. number one. Me too. So I stay definitely, with definitely, that's like buying a stock, like now. Exactly. Now, yeah. when we start looking at physical holdings, when you get bullion, you tend to get a better deal. Um, yes. I do buy coins. That's just me because if we do head towards – an air, right, uh, uh, I already know what you're going to say, bro, because we're in the same boat where if we head towards yeah. where the dollar's not worth anything, you're not going to go trading silver bricks, silver bars. You're going to want to trade yeah. coins. So, those coins. Yeah. So, then, all right, let me, that's what you're going to say, right? Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, yeah. now, do we buy fractional gold coins? Can we buy one tenth of, is that okay? Do you think that's worth the money yeah. still? I have, yeah. Yes, I have tons of one tenths. The only yeah. problem is you get waxed on a premium. But right. like I said, I'm not looking to sell my gold. I'm looking to no. – gold to me is an insurance. It's an insurance yeah, policy. If you have insurance yeah. on your car, that's my yeah. insurance on my money, on my net worth. Yeah. yeah. So that, that's that's why I'm, I'm not worried about – Pass that gold down. I mean to, to I, I don't think anyone, in my opinion, should be buying the physical gold to sell it in a year. It's just – it's going to exactly. be hard. The premium exactly. is going to wax you like you just said. I like that that yeah. term. It's gonna, it does because it really does. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. You're going to – Right now, gold right now as we're talking, it's at 
$16.95. If you go to buy it right now, I'll even tell you, right? Because I can pull it up. It's got to be at least $18. You're paying $18 for it. I'll tell you right now. And back to where, where I hold it, I have a safe. Some people do pay 18, for 18 Yep. 18 18 right. for the for the for the one ounce coin. Yep. Yep. So it's literally a hundred. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it's crazy. What I was saying is back to the custodial part of gold. I have a safe that I I have and I hold all my you know precious metals. But if you feel sure. uncomfortable with that, um, there's custodial services that allow that hold it for you. Right. I even know of one that allows you to have a debit debit card tied to wow. your gold and silver that, that you could actually shift company. With yeah. 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 Yep. Yeah. Yep. Well, I so that I want I want you to talk to us about that, but I want to give you something too. So I found this company called BlockFi, and I'm not getting paid to say this. They actually will pay you up to eight percent APY on your crypto. So if you put the money in there, like a high interest savings account, the highest interest that you're going to get on any bank right now is 1.3, and that's with Goldman and their Marcus account. I have one. That's how I know, and I look yes. at it often because I always want to know who's going to have the highest interest rate so I could put some money there and not have it be at Wells Fargo, right? Yeah. So this stuff, you can put your money into crypto and then transfer the crypto here and it'll gain up to 8% interest a year. It's pretty interesting. That's, there was a company back in 2017. Um, it's called Uphold. They do the same thing. I think I've heard of them actually. Yeah, Uphold. And I'm not paid either. <laughs> I'm just, yeah, there you go. I'm just what I know. No, but this is good because then people can go look up these resources and take from it. So now, yeah. Um, do you have a long-term storage for your crypto? Like, how do you, do you do a ledger? I have a ledger. I have two ledgers. Yeah. Did like the the flash drive looking thingies? You put them in a safe. Yep. So one is uh, exactly. Yeah. One is a Bluetooth. It's the second version of the Ledger X, and then I have yeah. the regular one that you got to plug in. And they're not even that expensive, so it's stupid to not get it. It's like 150 bucks. Exactly, yeah. 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 All right. So then I got to get on that. I'm, I've been slacking on that, but I will get on that. So I want to pivot us here for the second part of our conversation, just to go back to something you said, because Riley and I have been doing a lot of deep diving into consciousness and our egos and how that's playing a part in who we are and how that impacts our trading. And I feel like I've, in the last two years, changed a lot. Um, through the information and the content I'm consuming and through a lot of experiences and things like that, how big of a role do you think that waking up, awakening that trader within you almost, right? How big of a role do you think that plays in becoming consistently profitable and, be, and being able to leave your job and, and then go into these other areas of investment that we're talking about? It is so big that if you don't, you will never make it, period. Yeah, yeah. Period. Like I, I, there's, I can't even emphasize how important it is. Yeah. It, it's number one. It's before even learning. And then you before learn, that. I think, no, I agree. And then, but you don't know that until you get into it. And then you realize yeah. that it's a never ending thing, right? Like it's a never ending yeah. path of learning. Yeah. yeah. One thing I always say, you can't finish learning. You don't finish it. No. You know, what was the, what do you think helped wake you up? Was there any book? Was there anything specific that maybe like a new trader that's struggling and they're like, look, I got the technicals. I, I, I got this system. It works. I like it, but I can't get consistent. Like I'm hitting winners, but I'm not managing them the right way. How can I tap in deeper? Well, my, my reason of becoming, I, you could say enlightened, um, mm -hmm. mine was through actual like personal traits. Like I had anxiety that I had to overcome and, and using your mind to overcome it rather than a pill is a yeah. it changes you it changes your personality 
changes how you see things, how you perceive things. And I guess through that, I was able to apply it through financial markets, financial assets, you know, when I would have moving streaks or when I would think like, is this even worth it? Is this going to pan out? I think having such a, a, a vigorous, you know, routine mindset just made me keep walking even when I was looking down, you know? Mm. It, yeah, it, it's, I think it's not to say you've got to be optimistic, but it, it, that's what you really have to do. And no matter what it is. It's tough though, because I feel like as a new trader, a lot of people struggle. Like a lot of the calls that I do with the newer guys, they're very insecure within themselves. They're coming into the market with a lot of people's biases, a lot of fear, a lot of yeah. what society tells them to think about trading. Yeah. And they almost have to swallow their own ego before they even know it exists in order to yeah. then take that first step forward. And I feel like for me, it's a, it's a process that I still have to work on every day to come to the market. Like what I've been doing now is meditating before I start to trade. And I think Amazing. because I wake up and I like get so excited to trade that I'm like, I'll just jump in the first thing I see. I'm here to play. Let's play. But when I'm <laughs> doing this, it's been slowing me down. Do you do anything like that? Do you meditate yoga? Do you do anything like that? Tons of yoga. Do oh, yoga every day. Right here too, bro. Remember? You got me on I these. Saw that. I saw that. Yep. Yep, that's great. I love them. I I do yoga. I do meditate. Yeah. Um, I do put it this way. I work on myself more than I work in the markets. Yeah. Because when I work on myself more than I do in the markets, when I go to the markets, it's me shopping at the markets. I'm able to find what I want without having to say, eh, "Fuck it, I'll try this one." No, yeah. I I know what I'm looking for. I know what I want because I I've worked on me, you know. And I'm not shaken out of a position. I'm not looking at other people's opinions. You know, when you first start, it's inevitable. You're going to go through that. You're going to feel that. You're going to question everything. But you're going to end up forming an ego, like you said. An ego is just a set of beliefs that you could identify yourself with. And anything that comes against that, you're going to be defensive. But let that down. You need to be open-minded to everything. Because if you're not, you're never going to learn. You're never going to grow. And you're never going to expand. You're going to be stuck in your rigid ways. So if your rigid ways aren't working, why are you protecting it? You know, you've got to be open-minded. Why do you think they? Why do you think people are protective over it? Why do you think that they're so willing to stay married to something that isn't working rather than just being like, why don't I try something new? It goes back to they don't want to be wrong. Nobody wants to be accountable or wrong, and that is just an egotistical trait. Period. Yeah, dude, that is the, that's the truth, bro. Yeah. Nobody yeah, wants is. to be wrong. Like yeah. you know how much it sucks for me to say, you know what? Maybe I'm wrong about Bitcoin. Right. Maybe I'm wrong. Regardless, I'm up on, I have a, a large holding, you know, I've been in since early, but maybe yeah. I'm wrong on where I think it's headed. I still yeah. have hope. I'm, I'm still kind of married to it, but I'm able to talk down on it. You know, I'm right. open-minded in a sense. Absolutely. I, dude, I try to be the same way because otherwise you end up getting boxed in too. And I never want to be boxed into one idea. New information comes out too frequently now with the internet, yeah. with everybody having a story, everybody having a mouth. There's too much information where I'm going to say this is the only way, this is the right way. And that can even exactly. tie back to what we talked about at the beginning where like you don't know who to trust with your sources. So it's better to just realize that everybody has a voice. Everybody can be wrong. Nothing is 100% certain, especially when it comes to trading. So all we can do is take in data, try to come up with some type of reasonable, probable idea to generate trades behind, and then we can go forward with that. When you came into trading, I wanted to ask you also, did you trade crypto on like the day trading side at all? Was that ever a temptation or was that too speculative? I still, I still, from time to time, margin trade cryptos. I, I, of course, I don't know how many times we're going to say it. 
I, I hold the physical, you know, I have the ledger, like you said, but I still, yeah. I, when you hold a physical, for instance, let, let's go back to gold really quick. When you hold gold yeah. Yeah. and you know how to margin trade, you're able to hedge the fluctuation of your physical gold in your safe. For instance, um, back in, oh man, it was one of my best shorts on gold. It was either in 2017 or 2018. You know, I had a good amount of gold. It was up and I found an amazing short on the margin side of it. And I, I took the short and it completely counteracted the fluctuation of the gold in my safe. So yes, I do margin trade cryptos, mm. um, but not as frequently. I'm actually looking that at Bitcoin. As, That's really interesting. That's an interesting, yeah. it's almost like a hedge. It's a complete hedge. Yeah. And it, it, and you actually make money during that hedge, of course. Um, one thing that I'm looking at right now is BTC. I forgot if it's the weekly. I was looking at it this morning, weekly or daily, but it's it's forming a nice um, it's forming a nice bearish signal, unfortunately. But I'm gonna wait till Friday for the week close. Um, yeah, we're gonna see what's gonna happen. It, it could it the candle could change come Friday. I'm so long term on Bitcoin though that I don't even care. I think I'm trying like, because I don't. I don't have money in it that I need for rent. I don't look at it like the Bitcoin money for me and Riley is not the safety money like gold is, right? That I have in the safe and things like that. Yeah. The Bitcoin is the home run dollars because if it does go back up yeah. to 50K, if it does, or not that it went to 50K, oh, if yeah. it goes up to 20, you know what I mean? And then if it does, like the guy who runs Real Vision TV said it's gone up to 440K. Okay, take, take me there. Love, yeah, Real, dude, Vision. love Real Vision. That was Raul Paul that said that. I love him. Yeah, yeah, that's his name, Raul Paul. Dude, I love them. And they put me on to Kyle Bass. Kyle Bass has been a huge influence in me now just because he's someone who comes off as open-minded. I think that's who I'm attracted to the most. What about you? Like, if you're open-minded, I'll listen because that just shows me you're willing yeah. to be wrong. Yeah, you, you got you to gotta be willing to be wrong. And I'm, I'm always the first to say, oh, I'm not, I don't know if I, how I feel about this anymore. You know, I'm always even changing about it. Even when people ask me for input on a trade, like in our group chat that I trade with, I'm like, I'll give you my input, but it's just, just my two cents. But people take my word for God sometimes because of my name. But it's like, I'm always willing to be wrong. I'm, I've been wrong plenty of times. I think the only reason that you and I are even having this conversation is because to the 1% that it matters, we're willing to be wrong and just accept it and then make money rather than stay trying to be right and losing money. You know, for it, it might only be a sliver that you need to care that much more, but we 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 got it. And that's why I wanted to have the conversation with you to, sh yeah. to share that. And I, there was you actually know, a question I was, good. please. I'd actually rather listen to someone that's been wrong 10 yeah. times than someone that Absolutely. has been right, for Absolutely. sure. When you first look, like when you look back to when you first got into trading, was there anything now that you really wish you would have done differently? Ooh. <laughs> that's a not really good individual one. trade because i you know oh i sold it but i wish i would have bought it you know not like that, <laughs> that was the first thing that came in my head yeah that was the first I mean, thing that came bigger picture than that anything specifically like you went down a certain path a certain mindset maybe that you would rather have switched sooner um yeah i wish i had switched sooner to having a portfolio and seeing value outside outside of margin trading um margin trading is very active it's very you know in and out boom 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 but when you have a portfolio that is just compounding and growing over time you know i, I started doing that in 2017 but prior to that all i had was like some crypto which wasn't anything i mean obviously it's had amazing returns but it wasn't where i should have 
neglected so much. I should have looked at, you know, owning stock. I should have looked at owning all these other things versus no, just margin trading. All I need is MT4 and all I need right. is trading right. these four currencies. No, no, that's, that's, I can't even tell you how wrong that was for me. I don't know. It is. It, I mean, it is. And, you know, I, I saw a crazy statistic. Not It's more than not people have, don't have financial assets, don't have any assets. No. When you don't have any assets, you have no potential of being rich. I think it's very important to have assets while you're margin trading. I use my margin trading as a hedge most of the time because I have so many different assets. Yeah, that makes sense. When you took that first step into diversification, because that's what it is that we're talking about. Um, that's what we've been talking about a lot, I feel like. When you took yeah. that first step, for someone that hasn't, what would you tell them? If they're like, okay, I'm you know pumping extra money into my trading account. I got it up to a size that now I'm making, you know, some decent returns on it. I want to take a little bit of this money and I want to go to a different basket to take this egg. Where do we go? What's the first step? Especially right now. It's weird. It's a tough time. Yeah, it's a very tough time. Um, First and Gold foremost, high, Bitcoin's weird, right? It's a tough time. Yeah, everything's, it's so strange. It's, it's, it's very hard to even park your money. I think learning how to margin trade in this current day is very important. But um, what I would say, of course, number one is research. You need to learn how to break down an economy or let's let's take out that word economy you need to learn how to break down a company because once sure. you can break down a company an economy is the same thing it's just larger scale you know Makes sense. and once you're able to understand that and break that down you'll be able to make a lot better investment decisions and number two is don't pay attention to it every day if you own a house you're not going to check the the price of your house every single day you know so just right. chill you have the house it's not going nowhere same thing with the assets. You have the assets. You relax. No one's going to come and take them for you. If it's down 10%, 5%, whatever it is, chill. You're not selling it right now. Relax. Well, dude, it's it's a mindset of poverty and scarcity versus a mindset of long-term wealth building. And everybody, I especially know what it feels like to operate from the mindset of poverty, mindset of survival, mindset of like, I got to come up and make it. You know what I mean? Because yeah. I, 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 I know most people live in that mindset. We know what's the statistic? Like 75% of Americans couldn't handle a thousand dollar bill if it came up randomly. Exactly. That's like that. terrible. Terrible. That's it's terrible. insane. It's, it's great. And it makes it, 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 that makes an argument for the socialism part of it for all the socialist liberals. That is your argument. The fact that people couldn't handle a bill like that should show you how the divide, how deep the divide and how wide it really is. With yep. everything going on right now, where do you sit with these protests? Give me your give me your thoughts on that. I'm All right. So know. before I even speak about it, let's just make yeah. it be known that I could do a two-hour podcast on this alone. <laughs> I know. So I'm going to give you a sprinkle. Okay. Um, where I sit. Two people. If we have to bring Matt back on for part two on this, let us know in the comments. Yeah. <laughs> so where I sit with this whole thing is, number one, you got to know about me is – I don't identify by a party. That's just to divide people. But I do my research. I do go deep into how these parties started. And it's funny. I, I hate to sound stereotypical or whatever it may be, but Hispanics, I'm Hispanic. Um, blacks, um, more people on the lower class tend to be Demo Democrats, period. Yeah. yeah. And they, they, they hate the social benefits of the liberals. Exactly. They they almost hate Republicans. But if you look to where a re, the Republican Party started, it was actually a black male that started it. 
So this whole thing that, you know, Republican, oh, you're a white, you're a cracker, you're this or that. It's like, well, relax. Let's yeah. not jump into the whole race thing because one majority of people don't know facts. Right. So I don't even speak facts because they get offended. But where I stand with this right now is I see it's a larger agenda. And I'm going to use the word, let's say, deep state, the, the phrase deep state. So it's a it's a it's a it's a oh, man. I, I, I don't want to bite my you know, I don't want to step on anyone's toes here, but it's, it's a move for the, from the Antifa. It, it, which is an activist movement, you know, funded by George Soros. And we just got out of this whole COVID crap. And there was a lot of things that needed to happen during COVID that couldn't. One of them being martial law. Um, I've been saying for a while there was going to be something blackout on the internet, which just happened Tuesday. And I said this months ago, there's going to be something going around on the internet blackout. And that's just because I'm up to date with certain really in deep um rabbit hole kind of things that leak a lot of it. The black, the blackout of the posting. Yes. I said that exactly. I said that was going to happen about two months ago. People like, what does that mean to you? Why did, why did that mean something to you? Exactly. So the, the, the blackout right there was to create a divide, to create a racial type of, you know, conflict because when there's conflict, people have fear. They have things that will make them do things that are irrational, just like the rioting and loitering. And when there's rioting, loitering, that will allow them to implement martial law, which is the number one agenda that they want. When martial law is implemented, they have complete control of our day-to-day basis and things that we do. You know, if we want to go to public, if we want to wipe our ass, they're going to, you know, what are you doing? You know, right on us. And that's what they want. And that's this whole racial divide, the whole blackout thing is it's to sway votes near election time towards the left wing. And I'm not against left wing. I'm not against right wing. I'm not against liberals. I just see it. I feel like I'm watching a movie. I just give my opinion yeah. on the movie. I'm not. I'm not participating in the movie, but I'm watching it and I'm analyzing it and I'm saying my two cents. Um, I just feel like it's a big agenda that needs to be pressed. And I think it's ironic that every time we get close to election time, there's something big. Last time was always. You know, we have Trayvon Martin. We have. We always have something. You know, going back to racism around election time to sway they wanted to, well dude because listen the, the whole thing with the parties is that when you divide people it's easier to control them and sway them to that agenda well if yes. you don't have these racial fights then we don't have as much divide you know so it's it's actually nice. if there if there was an agenda we'll just say that for the youtube yeah, community yeah. if there was and it would make sense in that sense of how you could see it being manipulated and seeing it being at least tried to be put into the into force. So when you sure. look back at the COVID thing over the last couple of weeks and how it's kind of died off now, and especially being down in Florida, which is a red state, I'm in Pennsylvania right now, which is a blue state. Here, dude, I went to pick up my car yesterday at the Honda service, and literally everybody's wearing masks. You can't touch anybody. You can't. I went to shake the guy's hand. He got all weird at me. But in Florida, they took it completely different. And now with all these protests. We'll see if there's a second wave, but it seems to me, and again, they only gave out $1,200, which is like, go fuck off, like $1,200. Come on. I never even got one. Dude, and that was in March. Like, I was looking forward to that. I was going to go buy like an ounce of gold or something, but I never got it. Bro, that's exactly what we did. We took both of our checks. That's exactly what we did. But uh, I just think it's interesting because if you look at it, that kind of looks like a power grab. The money went somewhere. But businesses are not reopening, at least here in my state. 
it's it's not like the money came out and everything is okay. It's like the money came out and things are getting worse almost. Well, here here's a big problem. Currency needs to be tied to something, which we're known to labor. It needs to be tied by something. This money that they're doing is tied to nothing. Nothing. You know, and, right. and now it's not even going to I haven't got my stimulus check. A lot of people haven't got theirs. A lot of the small companies didn't get loans. Yep. The Fed is is the number one buyer of bonds right now, which is mind blowing. They 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 they're printing trillions of dollars, which is well beyond. Oh wait, you know we're it's we are wait, going towards the, the problem is, is that we won't. Then this is what I'm, I'm watching guys like Real Vision and stuff like that. They're saying we won't really feel this for a few years. It's not going to be like oh money's out and now we're fucked. It's going to be like money's out. We need to kind of get our economy back a little bit and then we're going to see the effects of having all this money out in the system once it comes out. But there's a lot of layers to this. There's going to be defaults. I mean, again, people still are having problems paying rent, if not more now than it was a few months ago. Mortgages yeah. are in forbearance more now than they were in 2008. So this is a completely different thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, it, it is a beast. And what you just said right there rang a bell in my head. Um, yeah. A lot of the economic data that comes out when you're looking at, you know, foreign exchange markets, that data, remember, is the month prior. So let's say we had a really bad month. Right. The, the numbers that we got is the month prior. So, so then that, there's a reaction to that. It's all weird. Exactly. Yeah, it's delayed. Exactly. That news release and the knee-jerk reaction on the market is not the month that you thought. Remember, it's the month prior. And that right. that, slit, that caught me up a lot too because I'm like, I don't get it. It's, exactly you know these these releases are delayed so it's going to be a lot worse real soon because now we're getting to the months that were really bad that the economic data is coming out and it's just going to keep getting worse and worse do you think people will go back to work soon like in florida how are most people back to work there uh a good portion but not not everyone not everybody not everyone. yeah it's tough man. Say, it's it's a weird time for people like you and me because like in a way we're the guys that could be like, told you so, told you you should have been making money on the internet, told yeah. you you should have been not trusting everything that came off yeah. the TV and what the government was telling you, told you you should be paying attention a little bit more, dude. But you don't want to be like that because that's not where you're going to make any friends in this environment. So it's a yeah. weird time. Like literally since the coronavirus for us, it's just been on the up. But it's because we're positioned correctly and people like you and me are now in a position to hopefully – be able to give back and also help other people too. And I know that's what you're doing with your podcast and yeah. what you're doing with your education platform. That's what yeah. I'm doing and what Riley's doing with what we have, just similar. And that's why I wanted to bring you on because I feel like you share my obligation probably where you feel like you have knowledge. You feel like you have a little bit. You're like, we know we're not even near the answers, yeah. but it's no, like at least if we're scratching the surface and we can give you a little bit of what we scratched off, take it. You know what I mean? So yeah. What my two cents on that is I, I do I am a little bit grateful for all the circumstances that are happening in, in the US. Mm -hmm. But one thing I've noticed is there's been a large shift, a large awakening in people. And it's kind of giving me hope for our generation. You know, a yeah. lot of our generation is starting not to trust the government, which makes me yeah. a little bit more bullish on cryptos. Um, not not nearly as much as where I was, but um I like it. I like people are waking up. People are becoming open-minded. You know, people are, you see the videos of them posting the bricks of the police, taking it out. People are starting to catch on to these, these things that are. You saw that? That's crazy. Is that like, and like, if you yeah. look at that and you're like, is that real? And then you, I mean, like I've seen more things in the last couple of weeks on the internet that I, I'm like, is that real? Like, 
like yesterday I saw a protester just talking and he got arrested for just talking, like peacefully talking with a bunch of people around and they are there. So it's, it's a crazy, crazy time. And you have to be grateful. Like you said, no matter, no matter what, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think we covered a lot here, bro. This was a good conversation. This was an amazing, you know, I was going to say, I'm interested I, I, to know who, um, who, who wants to hear like us go deeper into what area because I feel like we touched on a lot of different things which is good to kind of give everybody a good feel for you and what you guys are doing at, at your business and with the one percenters and with John and everything so now we can kind of continue to work together and, and yeah. just bring the value I'm never going to be info wars you know what I mean I'm never trying to be like that and I don't think yeah, you are yeah. either because that, no, that puts too many targets on, the back, on our backs but I feel like if we Definitely. can do our part by not just educating people on how to make money but actually giving them that foundational fundamental side of it where it's like let's be open-minded, let's look at new ideas, then I think we're doing our, our part, at least right now, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, I am, like, and like I said, I could spend two hours on that topic. Today, Later today, I am going to film a podcast solely yeah. revolved around everything that's going on. You know, good. I, I well, do try to get my... We'll make sure. Good, and, I, and for everybody that's still listening, I'm going to put Matt, you're going to send me when we get off all the links you want me to put in the description exactly how you want me to put them. That way everybody mm -hmm. can be directed right to that episode because I'm sure they want that. And then also your uh, the podcast main website, your Instagram, that whole thing because I want them in touch with you as well. All right? Yeah, I appreciate it. I appreciate dude, it. I had I tons of fun. I looked, dude, I hope you can, you know, dude, uh, absolutely. run it back. Yeah, I loved absolutely, it. Absolutely, brother. All right. So thank you, everybody. We appreciate it. Matt, thank you again, brother. And we'll talk to you guys soon. All right. Take care, guys. Thank you for listening to Today's Money. If you want to check out the video that goes along with this episode, there's a link in the show notes. Now make sure you subscribe on whatever platform you're listening to so you don't miss any future episodes. And if there's anything that I can do to help you along your trading journey, please reach out to me. My contact info is in the description as well. Thank you very much, and I'll see you in the next episode.